What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. This week's guest is so incredible. It's our generation's Richard Avedon, except even more lit, even more awesome, even crazier, and with a body of work that would stun, shock, and amaze anyone on this earth. Thank you so much, Chris, for doing the episode. I'm so excited to get into it, so let's not waste any time. Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. So you, we, we were having a conversation before. Yes. I've stopped you and I was like, I want to get this on the show. One of the things that we talked about is making great content versus good content. Right. Um, a lot of my content, I would say, is bordering on good to average. I'm trying <laughs> to get it to great. Um, exactly. How So making great content, right? Like how did you, when you were first starting out your career, how were you able to do great photography when just getting paid as a photographer right, is difficult right. enough? So... I, first of all, my standards have always been high since I started this madness 53 years ago. Mm -hmm. I just grew up going, again, I don't settle. I don't go, hey, that's good enough. I don't think I've ever said that about anything I've ever created. Oh, that's just good enough. I think I have either. (laughs) Again, I go by the, the, my slogan is go big or shut the fuck up. Right. You know, be great. Don't be good. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs used to talk about that. Keep the mic close. So, so the, the key to it all is it's so when, when content quote unquote content started in the in in the world of internet and social media mm-hmm. it, I took what I've done as a photographer and just said I want to keep those same standards whether I did podcasting photos videos TV shows webisodes you know doc my documentary my TV series I'm doing everything has to be as best as it can be okay. is it all perfect no but I always ask myself did I do the best I could under the circumstances and if the, and, you know I always like to say I say yes you know, what it could it be better? Of right. course, everything can always be better. Yeah. Right. So the monetizing side of things, making like the, the best of the situation that you're in. Right. When you're first getting into it, I'm sure money was not the easiest thing to come after yeah. as a photographer. So how did you survive as an early photographer? Like when you as first a photographer, well, I you had jobs. So okay. when I first started shooting it, I got to L.A. at 21 years old. And I, worked yeah. at, I worked at a black and white lab for three, three and a half years making my money and then I was doing nothing but free shoots. So, but your money was still photography related. Yes. It might not have been shooting, but it was adjacent. I was shooting as well, getting a job here and there. But I moved to LA in 1981. Okay. I thinking, you know, back in those days, photographers, I thought, you know, I, the biggest paying job I probably ever had to that point because I'd been shooting for over 10 years Yeah, was like maybe $500. It was like a lot of money, right? Yeah, right. Then I moved to LA and I find out that photographers are getting paid $50,000. And I'm like, Excuse me? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we talking about here? 50000 to yeah. do what? Yeah. Take pictures? Yeah. So that was the that was a waking in. Like, I want to get $50,000 yeah. a day. Mm-hmm. That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. So when I started shooting in L.A., I was tr- sorting out what, I w- what area I was going to go into. Okay. The trick was to figure out what, you know, what that was, and I had to learn. And so it took some time to figure that out. Okay. And I kept the job so I could pay my bills and eat. Of course, yeah. And then figure it all out while I was going along. The reason that I ask is a lot of artists, I think, in, in any medium, right. it's the it's the fine line between like I need to work versus I need to do my dream. Right. We talked about this before where you you know, you consider yourself a workaholic. How are you able to do all this without burning out and find the time? Like where, well, where did you again, find the energy and the time? The it's called passion, it's called being crazy, and it's called being I always like to tell people in, in a nice way. I just want to say it's called being stupid. 
because I always tell people, I, I, you know, my, it started when I was 21 to move to L. I moved to L.A. with didn't know one person. Yeah. I had a thousand dollars in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go be a photographer. Right. Yeah. Like, the I look back on that and say, saying, what a fucking idiot. Right. Like, like yeah. I should have saved up a few more dollars. Degree of insanity. There. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be stupid. A little certain amount. Um, but the the thing about it is, I think for me, un, and I've talked about this many of times and talks and everything is like, look. I was bl- blessed and cursed with this passion for photography mm-hmm. and I'm grateful beyond because it's given me the life that I have. Like I tell people all the time, we met because of photography. Right. So mm-hmm. everything I've done, everything you see around you is my life is because of photography. So mm-hmm. it's my baby in a sense. I was, my joke is I married photography when I was 10 years old. She's my wife. So I do cheat on her now and then, but she does call me back and say, get back here, bitch. <laughs> you got work to do. Um, but you got to sit there. You got to do the work. And again, yeah, I'm, right. I moved to L.A. in the first day I was here. Uh, my big brother, as I call him, my boss, he says to me, you know, there's all these famous photographers in L.A. At the time, there's like 10 legends in this L.A. Mm-hmm. And I just said to this guy, I said, nobody's going to outwork me. They might take better pictures than, than me. They might do bigger jobs than me. But there's not a fucker that's going to outwork me. And if you tell me Annie Leibovitz is working 14 hours a day, I'll work 16 and tell that bitch to fuck off. Like, no one's going to outwork me. I, it's the one thing I tell people. The one thing you can control, Will, is yeah. your work ethic. No question. You can't control who likes you or who yeah. doesn't like you. Yeah. Who likes your podcast or who doesn't like yep. But you can control how hard you work. Yep. The sacrifices that you've got to make, you got to say no. And I'm going to go do this, people. I got this is more important to me. Yeah, this is what I want to do. Ten years from now, I don't want to be doing the same old shit and being broke. I want to be bigger and better, and I want to have all these other things. When there were moments, if well, let me ask it in two yeah. parts: Were there moments where you questioned photography and were like, maybe I shouldn't do this? And if so, what what did you do in those moments of kind of like the artist despair, like the the, the dark night of the soul? I've questioned it many, many times, like mm-hmm. too many to count. And the worst time was in 1998, I had my heart broken. The love of my life left me, Mm. broke my heart. So for about a year, for the first time in my life, I didn't give a fuck about photography, like zero fucks. So immediately my my business manager at the time, who was my mom for me, she was everything to me. She sent me to therapy for the first time and put me in therapy and took and then babysat me for over a year. Basically, everybody took care of me because I was a mess. I was a fucking mess. And I didn't care about photography. Mm. I l- actually went to shoots drunk. Damn. Which and was, that's not normal. That, that is so don't. not me. Mm. Uh, most people to this day, I, you can, I can sh- introduce you to people who've known me 30, 40 years, would go like, you did drugs? Because I don't do them anymore. Like, I would be like, no, th- you just didn't see it. Mm. So I always like to tell you what I tell everybody. At 12 years old, I got some of the best advice I've ever gotten. It stuck me to this day. Number one rule is, Never forget this, which is your most important piece of equipment you own is your reputation, period, exclamation point. So I tell people all the time, my reputation in this town is he's annoying, he works too much, he doesn't pay his bills on time, and he's a brat. And I'm like, I can live with that reputation. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like he's he's a flake, he doesn't show up, he's an asshole. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he's just, he's, you know, he's a shitty photographer. Right. You don't want that. Yeah. Your reputation is keeps you going. That's mm-hmm. what, again, I, 50 years later, I'm still here, bitch. <laughs> Most people are gone. Most of the, my peers are long gone. So you want to do, you want to do this, what you're doing today. You want to do this for 50 years, right. which is having fun, mm-hmm. being creative, mm-hmm. you know, having that life. So you, again, 
if life is a marathon, you're only in mile two, right? Right. So hydrate, pace yourself, and you'll be fine. Hydrate per, from a personal <laughs> perspective is that I need to work on that. Yes. So, okay. But now, just remember too, ahead. like I was going to say, is like, so I've, I've had those periods of questioning. I'm kind of going through my midlife crisis right now where you question, oh, why am I doing, like I, my joke all the time is like, if I was smart, if I was really smart mm -hmm. when I was 10 years old, I would have stayed in Northern California, you know, in 1970. I would have stayed there. And then by the time 1980 rolled around, I would, if I stayed there, I probably would have ran into Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs and I would have been best friends. And then I would have been an Apple employee number four. And I would be a billionaire now. And my friends are like, Chris, that wouldn't have happened. I go, it could have. I love yeah. that scenario. <laughs> it's, it's the fantasy I yeah, had. Like, yeah. I, Steve and I would have been Betty buddies. Yeah. We would have really gotten along. But no, I, I don't. I, I, I love the fact it's, I, I, that I'm doing what I love. It's yeah. difficult. It's more difficult than just having a job because yeah. you're emotionally connected to it. Mm. But again, I always tell people, go big or shut the fuck up. I love that. So in, when it comes to inspiration for photography for you or, or mm. any medium that you participate in, yeah. where do you draw inspiration from? And when you're like looking for yeah. it, where do you go? As a kid, it was three photographers, Irving okay. Penn, Richard Avedon, and David Bailey. They were my heroes. I used to call them my uncles. And I would look at their books. I'd buy all their books, all the magazines, everything. They're just obsessed with their work, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a big thing to me. Um, then it was movies. Uh, growing up as a kid, we had movies, a lot of movies, like movie theaters, movie drive-in movies. What movie movies. Yeah, it was like you didn't watch them on TV. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, no Netflix. you know, I, and then again, for me, you know, magazines. As a kid, I used yeah. to subscribe to, like, at probably at around age 10, 11, 12 years old, was when I started subscribing to magazines, right? And I was probably subscribing to like 10 to 15 magazines. So every month, 10 magazines would show Vogue, you know, Harper's Bazaar. You know, Esquire, Rolling Stone, Playboy. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I was getting just looking at pictures all day, every day. I want to do this. Oh, I like that makeup. I want to try this. I want to do this. Just that. And I still do it to this day as you're looking for that inspiration. Yeah. It's changed. And it's, I, I, I you know, I always tell people uh, now what inspires me probably differently is, is my subjects inspire me now. Mm -hmm. That's probably what inspires me most of all these days. Nice. It, you brought up a great point, which is, like movie theaters and magazines, these amazing art mediums that are really suffering right now. Gone. Go gone. Yeah, some of them are, don't even exist. Right. So for you and I met through this Web3 scene, this new digital art space that exists. Um, what got you into that space? And for people that are listening, yeah. like what, what excites you about it? So I got into it because of a photographer in Washington, D.C. that I met on Clubhouse. Nice. Yeah, named Shout Sean. Clubhouse. Yeah, Sean. And John. Yeah, he's, he's still a friend to this day. We just talked a couple weeks ago, caught up on life. Um, I just thought the NFT thing was interesting. I thought I have 50 years worth of work to work with. Right. I got something. Yeah. Not just my music. <laughs> not, I just not my music work, but I have a yeah. lot of things. So it started there, and then, uh, then I started, you know, we dropped the first five NFTs. And literally, I think two days later it was, we sold one of them for three ETH. And I thought, it's this easy? And at the time, ETH was like three grand or something. So it was like immediately like, you know, 10 grand in a blink of an eye. I was like, right. this is really nice. The, the other four didn't sell. And I thought, okay, these idiots. And then a few months later, we dropped the next five and nothing sold. And I went, okay, there's got to be something here. And I didn't yeah. fully understand. Sean was just a photographer. He knew more than I did. But we just, you know, we're like, what do we do? And that's when I met Chris Arvan. Um, I call him my partner in the, in the NFT Web3 space. He's basically the brains, and he just educates me about everything. 
But I, I like it. I like the space. I like where it's going. I'm learning more every day. Today yeah. he was teaching me some stuff about coins today. But I like where it's going. But to be honest with you, for photography, what bothers me most is that the people buying NFTs of photography, I feel like some of it's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be mean, yeah. but like, why would you buy some sunset for one ETH or half an ETH when you can buy my work which is of icons mm-hmm. and it's iconic. And then I have 50 years worth of history behind my work. Yeah. I'm not some kid out of art school posting some fancy little photo, you know, and he just shot for it. And you know that kid's not going to be around in years to come. My shit's going to be around till the end of time. Right. So I, I, that's the thing that bothered me. And it's a lot of it has to do with, I understand hype mm-hmm. and the right people going, Oh my God, dude, he's cool. Cause that's the same mentality that has been in Hollywood since I've been here. But right? ass, so it seems a little bit. It's like the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's yeah. like in Hollywood when I first got here, it was like you know you need. We, we used to call it celebrity validation, right? Mm-hmm. I could tell you, hey, Will, do you need a dentist? And I go, yeah, I have a great dentist. Here's my dentist, and you just go, oh, okay, cool. Oh well, my dentist does Sylvester Stallone and does you know, you know, celebrity here, celebrity there, and then you go, oh well, then I'm going to go to them. It's yeah. like having that celebrity validation mm-hmm. is like it's like influencer marketing. <laughs> yeah, and now it's worse than ever. Yeah, like I just, just I was just asking an influencer the other day, a friend of mine, not a friend, an acquaintance. I asked her like, I, you take pictures all day, every day. You do this shit all day. I, I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, how, it's, it's, what kind of life is this? And I was just asking her dumb questions. I know it was annoying her. Yeah. But I was just like, it, she goes, it's more complicated than that. I guess so like, you're just like a cheap hoe to me. You're just pimping out fucking stupid clothes. Like, what a life, what a miserable little life that is. Yeah. Like, I, I talk <laughs> about this, I ta- being older now, I tell people all this, and I would tell you this too, is like, look, I'm 63. I, I you know, I'm, I, I love that I get to, and I do it every day because I'm working on some stuff, but I look back on my life mm-hmm. and God, am I grateful and I'm proud. I've lived this incredible life and I can prove it. Like my tagline is I have a million stories and the photos to prove it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine some of these people getting to their, just to 50 and then looking back going, well, I got money and I got a nice house, but you just spent your whole time pimping out shit. Yeah. It's like how I like to tell photographers and I tell people in general in the world today. I ask this a lot and I get in trouble in Clubhouse. But I say to the people, what's it like getting up every day and creating content that nobody will care about by tomorrow? That's sad to me. Yeah. It's sure. miserable. Like 99.9% of the shit that come, came out today, nobody cares about tomorrow. It's like all my musician friends. I got a new song, put out a new song with a new video. Yeah. Within a week, who cares? Yeah. How, do you think like that's, how many it's just it's is that the internet that did that? It's everything. It's yeah. the people, it's society, it's socials. Yeah. But it's like that's where I just kind of go, well, well, my photos are iconic of icons. Right. My, my shit's going to last forever, right. bitch. And you're not going to get you're not going to like lose love for it. I yeah. was actually going to ask you that like do you ever get sick? Because, like, you know, we talk about this every time. I, I was such a big yeah. fan of Nirvana as right. a kid. So being able to meet you and be photographed by you is a huge honor. Right. Do you ever get sick of that? Like, people no. being – Never. Not at all. Okay, cool. No, because no, that. that's the thing. Like, that's why I've been doing this Greatest Hits project for the last 13 years and doing the exhibitions. I love – I always tell people that's what I love about my work is the memories that it brings to people. And cool. nine times out of ten, the memories are really good. Yeah. Right? Oh, sure. my God. I remember Nirvana or it's Pearl Jam or yeah. it's whoever it is. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. My I, I jokingly say to 
trying to find sponsors for my, you know, I was telling like how I'd like to get American Express. I'm like, my pictures make people happy. Bring back good memories. It's like yeah. I'm not doing miserable, depressing pictures of dead people with their heads cut off. And you're like, oh, that makes me sad. Yeah. It's, this is stuff that makes people happy. Icon. So I think, I think getting to the point, it was like, I like when people, I love when people recognize my work. Cause I was, that's my joke to everybody. Everybody has seen one of my photos. They just don't know it's me. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I was just in New Zealand and, and I said it to a bunch of New Zealanders who never met me before. And I said, you've seen my photos. And they're like, how do you know that? And I just showed them a couple and they're like, oh my God, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah. But no, I, I, you know, all I would tell you is what I tell everybody though, is you got to sit there and you got to work. I mean, you got, again, I, I just, for me as a child to this day, I don't want to be, I, I remember when I left my house and I told my parents, when I, I told them to fuck off basically, but I said, I don't want to be nobody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be anybody. Mm-hmm. I want to be somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I want to be great, not good. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, my standards, are, my bar is up here and I'm not going to, I'm not afraid to do the work and make the sacrifices. And I've done that my whole life. Love that. You have to. Yeah. Like I said, who wants to do, like, you don't want to be there at 50 looking back on your life going, dude, well, I did this and I did this and I partied this and I did this. Like, that shit's boring. That shit's old. Agreed. Do you see any new age artists in really making waves in, because to your point, like, there's a lot of face value art coming out right now that, you know, it does really well today, but then tomorrow it's into obscurity. Exactly. And I have to, I'm going to give them a plug. I think what Chris Arvin's doing, his art, if you go look at it, is brilliant. And I get mad at him all the time about like, people should be buying this shit up now. Because what he's doing visually, what he's doing creatively, what he's doing sound-wise, everything is money. Our collabs have been amazing. Because he takes my work, he uses it as a canvas. And I'm looking at whatever, everybody else is just sitting there with an iPad making some shit, drawing shit, like, whatever. Yeah. I'm again. I'm old though. I've seen everything. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. Like going back to the whole content thing, mm-hmm. everybody's putting out all the shit. Content, not art. It's not exactly. I would tell people it's content. It's not photography. It's content. It's not music. And music today, as I just we had this discussion the other day, is about music is not produced. It's made. Like people go, I'm going to go make a song. Back in my day, we used to produce a song. Mm. You know. Um, so and everything is lack soul. Everything is. Lack do you think that's a lack of time and effort being put in, or do you think it's that the audience is? It's the tools okay. to make it, okay, right? And it's also the people making it. They mm. lack soul, mm. and it's also this process of just they're looking at what everybody else is doing around them, okay. Especially in America, because like I was just in New Zealand, and I met some of the most amazing musicians I've ever met in my life. Awesome, right? I was like blown away. I wouldn't have expected you to say that. Yeah, I know. I thought I walked in there going, New Zealand. What the fuck do you guys know? No Uh, offense, New Zealand. Exactly. (laughs) But they literally blew my mind, every one of them. Fuck yeah. And one of them is coming into town next week who is the best of the best. And all I can say is like, it's there's something I found soulful about about New Zealand here in America not to knock all my friends but they're just listening to each other they're sitting there with their computer and their laptop at home yeah and they're not there's no real musicianship there's no they don't have real producers so they create content I can't and again if they're making millions of dollars great good on you right but they're gonna wake up one day yeah and then nothing and to show for this all the time that you spent it's the younger generation it's like the same i said i've said this for years i use porn as an example for a lot of things for music is the same thing i'll use my porn analogy okay every day every day 
and I've said this for 40 years, every day a girl wakes up, turns 18 years old, and will get naked and fuck for money and then start an OnlyFans account every day. And there's probably, and I always say, to be, I, someday I'd like to get to the OnlyFans owners and ask them, how many new accounts are open a day? That's my question. Mm. And I bet you it's thousands mm. worldwide, right? So every day a girl gets up. So today, let's say 10 girls got up today and said, I'm going to get naked and fuck for money. So tomorrow, another 10 girls, okay. another 10 girls, mm -hmm. and another 10 girls, and another 10 girls. Same thing in the music world. Every day somebody gets a fucking pro logic or pro tools or turns around i'm gonna make a sound i can i can play music i'm gonna be like every girl that every girl that was in high school that was in glee club and doing doing plays is like graduating high school going i'm gonna be a pop star i want to be lady gaga and i meet all these youngsters going yeah you know what i was writing songs when i was 12 years old so what doesn't mean you can go be a musician mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can do this mm -hmm. so if there's this crazy fucked up world we live in and i know i sound like an old man and i apologize to everybody out there I think you're giving great advice, though, which is, one, the competition is fierce. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. You better be waking up earlier <laughs> than these other people. And that's the thing. That's why I say to people ass. all the time. Like, I yell at all my friends all the time because they'll party and do this. And I get it. Again, I was young once. But I tell people all the time, like, while you're out partying, there's somebody in a studio right working. now we're working on their music, working on their pl guitar playing, you know, in a fo doing photos, doing this. So you could go party, but you're going to be left behind, bitch. Yeah. And that's why I used to do that when I was younger. Like, I, nobody outworks me. So, like, I, my motto was work first, play later. Work first, play mm. later. Work first, play later. And, you know, compared to... Like when did to, you play, though? If you were Rarely. Working, rarely. But, but I was lucky that work was my play. Ah. Like, and that's to, where your was. idea okay. would play would be like, hey, dude, let's go to the bar. Let's go to the Rainbow Room and get drunk and do some lines in the bathroom and, and party all night. Like, my idea is, no, let me go call one of my girls up and have her come over. And I'm going to shoot for all, all hours and have yeah. fun and make art. That's my idea. There was a time where that was my idea of fun, too, and I don't know what happened where my priorities got switched. But I feel like it's the case for— I would say, you, how long have you been here? In L.A.? Yeah. Six years. Yeah, you probably just got caught in the game here. Of how, and you just, I definitely got caught in the game You're going to wake up and realize it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. So when All okay, of it. So let's say there's an artist—this could be me or an yeah. artist listening to this right now caught yeah. in the game. Right. Where, where would you start to reprioritize and get back into the booth? Well, as I was told many, many of times yeah. by my business manager, who I miss dearly. She was my mom for 25 years. I, there's nobody more important in my life than her. I owe her everything. She passed away 12 years ago. Um, she used to simply say to me, shut the fuck up and do the work. Like I would go into her, I would, like go into her I would go into her office and say, I'm going to kill myself tonight. I wanted to come in and say goodbye. And she'd just keep working, and then eventually she just looked at me. Okay, I'll see you later. Shut the fuck up and go do the work, and I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. You know, I live by that motto. I hear her voice in my head every day. Shut the fuck up and do the work. Shut the fuck up and do the work. Grow the fuck up. Do the work. Go bigger. Go home. Go bigger. Shut the fuck up. Like, I just don't settle. Yeah. I don't want to be good. Don't I don't want to create good photos. I want to create great photos. Yeah. I want to be great. I want to be, when I, like right now, just to give you a great example. Right now in New York City, at the Gagosian Gallery in the city. Mm -hmm. They're having a, the Richard Avedon. It's called Avedon 100, the greatest photographer as far as I'm concerned in the history of mankind. You know I sent someone your photography and they said it reminded them, reminded them of Richard Avedon? It's the best compliment ever. <laughs> so Avedon. My mom said that, by the way. <laughs> your mom's cool. So, but here's the thing. like They're having the Avedon 100. It's celebrating his 100th birthday. He would be 100 if he was alive. He... His work, if you look at any of it, it's mm. just 
it's as good as today is the day that he shot it. Mm. And that's the way I feel about my work. It's good today and it's good tomorrow. It's good 20 years from now. To me, he's the, it's an example for me right now to see him. Like I, I always say to joke it with Chris, hey, Chris, will you be at my hundredth birthday exhibition? And he's like, I don't know if I'll be alive. I said, somebody has got to be there, you know? Um, <laughs> but that's the thing that I want. That's what I want on my hundredth birthday, which is what? 30 some odd years from now. Um, you're going to be alive then. We're gonna, you're going to be no, alive I won't. like 300. I, I, the way I'm going right now, no. Science will have us alive. But all I can <laughs> say to you, though, is like what I'm saying. It's like I tell this to everybody. I meet people like you every day, and I just say to them all the time, like, you can go ahead, settle, be, be good. Get, but you're going to wake up one day, 40, going, what the fuck did I just do? Mm. And it's sad. To yeah. me, it's just sad. It is sad. And so this is my rule to every buddy that I meet and all my friends will if they were here right now they all just start shaking their head yeah Chris shut the fuck up Chris <laughs> your 20s the 20s your 20s are all about what you like and don't like about yeah. what's good and what's bad what's embarrassing and not embarrassing you, and you know you should know it in your 20s you should find out in your 20s if you drink 10 shots of tequila you know the next day you're not going to feel good right so when you hit your 30s you should know all this shit you had 10 years worth of adulthood mm-hmm. so your 30s are your best time mm. Your 30s are when you go, I don't need to do that shit. I need to prove myself to shit. I did all that shit. I'm bored by that shit, but I am going to now do this shit. I'm going to go to another level. I used to jokingly say to people when back in one of my 30s, when people were out partying and all that stuff, you can go party, bitch, but I'm going to be over here doing this shit and making fucking iconic photos of icons. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do iconic photos of icons since I was a kid. Yeah. So to me, your th- 40s are all about that. Get your 30s I'm saying is that you get there that's when you've got to have your game on so you got like two years left get your game your shit together and then sit down and make a plan yeah like like again a goal without a plan is a wish mm-hmm. right now you got you're just wishing about a lot of things there's no plan so to me and then you're I always say when you get your 40s hopefully if you've had a good healthy life and a healthy relationship and a healthy body you can then really do the great great Take it the whole shit to another level, and then you hopefully you hit your fifties, and you can then relax. Yeah, you know. So I work harder now than I did when I was twenty-one, which is sad, um, and make less. Um, but does that help? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It yeah. makes complete sense. So in terms of the plan and the process, one thing I've always wondered about photography, and I feel like this can apply for everything, right? Yeah. It's like the plan, the pre-production, the po- the production, the post-production. So for you, what is the stage of the process that you put the most time into? Well, you start with the, what's the, you know, what am I shooting? What's the idea? And then what's the budget? Okay. I used to always jokingly say to my agents, like, okay, first I put on my creative hat on, mm-hmm. what I call the director's hat. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, we're going to have blue backdrops. We're going to have uh, clouds and we're going to have uh, sparkly and we're going to have dancers. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. This camera, that camera, that camera. And then I'd go, oh, by the way, what's the budget? And they go, Chris, you have $10,000. And you're like, okay, so we're going to just shoot that in my living room against a white wall because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's no – so you always balance that out. Yeah. Creative ideas with the budget, right? Right. Yep. What you can afford. Mm-hmm. So it was always about the balance, but when I would – but luckily my style from day one is very simple, mm-hmm. so I've always kept things simple. I'm not, I'm not all about craziness. You don't do much edits? Nowadays, the, you, what do you call editing? Retouching? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I don't call, see. I call retouching, retouching. Editing. Okay. okay. So um, nowadays, I I I work hard to make my stuff look bad. Mm. I hate most photography 
today because it's digital, it's soulless, right? And it's it looks too good. It's too clean and yeah, it's too pretty. I totally agree. I like this shit. Does this does this like you're looking at the wall right now? Yep. Does this look like it's digital or film? It, it looks film. Yeah. We're looking at black and white yeah. photos of women, by the way, for yeah. people that are listening yeah. to this right now. But I my thing is always to look bad. So there's I a, love that. When I was young, what made you decide to do that? Just because you didn't like the way digital photos look? It goes back to my high school days. Okay. A, a lot of my friends in high school, a group of I hung out with Japanese. Okay. And my and my best friend Lynn, who I've known since I was five, we're still friends to this day. Her parents and I knew they were all like I was around the Japanese culture a lot back cool. during that time, and okay. I learned I learned a term called wabi sabi. I think that's what it is. Wabi sabi, not wasabi, which yeah. is you know. <laughs> You put on your sushi, but it's wabi sabi, and it means the perfection of imperfection, mm. and that's what I f- strive for. I love that. Yeah, In it's the, about like perfecting oh, imperfection. Yes. It's like, and I yeah. used to, I used to talk to musicians about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, nowadays everything wants to be perfect. It's yeah. got to be digitally, and no. it's like you're taking the soul out of it. Exactly. Sometimes the imperfection, the fuck up, the, is the best part. I tell my hairstylist that when she does my hair, I'm like, don't make, <laughs> don't make it perfect. I want it to be fucked up. When my exactly. girl does my nails, I'm like, don't make it perfect. Exactly. I like it when they look a little chill. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, my favorite nail polish back in the my punk rock days, we used to always tell people my favorite. When I ever shoot models, and I can show you a million photos, but I always tell girls all the time with their nail polish. I said, like, they're like, what's your favorite color? I'd go chipped black, not clean, pretty black, but chipped, fucked up black. Yep. And they look at me like, but that's that's just disgusting. It needs to be perfect. No, 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 no it no, looks no. so cool. That's why these girls look how fucked up these girls are. That whole row there, everybody's yeah. all fucked up. Yeah. So it's about the perfection of imperfection. It's about having something. And that's why I tell people, people strive for this perfection. And I'm like going, why? It's the pursuit of it that's perfection. It's the, well, also too, what I say, I just said this in a post to my friends. It was that it's about most stuff I see today Mm -hmm. lacks personality, what we call personality, meaning whether it's from the photographer's personality or the subject's personality, but it lacks, it's just so frozen frigid fake fake bullshit like yeah. retouched whatever yeah it's just soulless yeah and i just years ago five six years ago i wrote a blog post called music is soulless i think it's on my blog still music lacks soul i think i called it that and i wrote this whole blog i just was ranting about how it lacks soul and yeah. I, I posted my little link on facebook and i got more heat from that than I'd ever got. People didn't like that? The people, some people got mad at me. No, it's not. Weird. No, it's not. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not saying all music. I'm right, just saying that some music, a yeah. lot of music, yeah. is soulless. And I don't know who would disagree with that because I think a lot of art right now is missing. Yeah. I'm not saying all art. I feel like but now a good I have chunk to say, of what's yeah, out there. Yeah, the mass yeah. art, the pop art. Stuff I like. Right. I would, I would say stuff I like is missing, is missing a degree of soul. Right. You're exactly right. Yeah. And don't you think, too, though, that like, like I can say this. It's like I said. It's a generational thing. It's your generation. Like what you what you've grown up on the last ten years is different than what I grew up in. Yeah. When I was your age. Yeah. What I was growing up on, it was like completely different world and time. You know. Yeah. I it, I don't. I feel like it's like cheap dopamine and and the fact that we can get we have so much stimulation right. online. But there was always cheap dopamine and quick stimulation. So I don't know what happened. That the difference, I think, now, there's just too much of everything right now. Yeah. The way I, the words I use, and I just wrote another blog post about this, is the words I use is that everything in the world today is diluted. Mm-hmm. So here's an example I like to use, because I was taught this example. Mm-hmm. If you went to the store right now, the liquor store, and you bought a fucking $10,000 bottle of wine, the most expensive bottle of red wine in the world, it's just... It's a beautiful Cabernet. It's like $10,000. And right. you went and you bought that wine. Yeah. You opened it up and took that with, oh, this is beautiful. You poured a glass. It's the 
$10,000, that glass is $1,000. Right. But then you poured some water in it, a cup of water in that wine, and then you drank it. It's still the same wine, but it's diluted. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. We still have the wine, but everything is diluted. Yeah. Because there's too much of everything. And how do we undilute it? We can't. Really? It's never going to go back. You don't think so? No. Even if people put more time, more no. effort. It just takes people to not want to put up with the bullshit and look past and get past get past the photographers that are shooting all the shit, the getting past the NFT people that are making stupid shit. Yeah. It's about hopefully the the gatekeepers opening their eyes and yeah, going, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the artists themselves. But but they need to, to wake the fuck up, right? And because they in their heads they think they're special because I'm a gatekeeper and I make I if I say this is good it's good. It's like who the fuck are you? I yeah. would say to them, literally say to them who the fuck are you? Yeah, you don't know shit about shit. Again, yeah. I like to I throw shit in people's faces. Like I'm like, what the fuck were you doing thirty years ago? Yeah, but now the algorithm now the algorithms are the gatekeepers yeah. and the algorithms are literally not exactly. People. I know <laughs> so it's like, exactly. It's it's even it's less. AI. So, yeah. I just said to Chris today about AI, I said, the people that are happy about AI and then the people that are scared about AI, I keep saying, I just can't wait to AI one day, it, in a sense, takes over. And finally, there's this massive intelligence thing, and it comes out and says, uh, we just done a lot of work on this shit. I'm smarter than everybody. Yes, you're smart. And it goes, there is no God, and uh, religion is bullshit, man-made. And just watch all those people just go, uh-oh. Now what do we do? <laughs> so I was going to ask you that, actually. Does spirituality play a part in anything that no. you... Not at all. Why is that? What? Because what? I grew up Catholic. Okay. Went to Catholic school. Okay. Till I was first to fifth grade, I was in Catholic school. And I was the youngest of four, so I got out uh, after fifth grade because my parents couldn't afford to keep me going. Okay. So I never got my confirmation. So they used to always say to me, oh, you're going to hell because you didn't get your confirmation. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and I used to get beat by the nuns. And slapped a lot. That's how I had it in France. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Because, you, well, the reason kids. I was, because if you can tell now, I mean, I've been a smartass since the day I was born. <laughs> Noah's Ark, are you kidding me, people? What the, you know, the nuns would get mad at me. And it was like, what do you, I'd question everything. Yeah. Oh, Which I think is. Adam and Eve, really, really. That's a good you know, quality. You know, like six, seven years old going, Adam and Eve sounds like bullshit to me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so. No, but I do. I always tell people in 19, no, 19, 2000, shit, when I was coming out of my hole, I was in a hole for like three, four years. And on the way out of that hole, after therapy and everything and getting real rebuilding my life, I said to many people many of times that I, that's when I found God. Mm. And, and I talked about this a million times, but I, God to me is love. And I've said it a million times. If they could, somebody would, I wish somebody would do this. Take the word God out of the Bible and replace it word, with the word love. And it makes a hell of a lot more sense. That's the way I look at it. And I love so, that. Yeah. And I've always said to everybody, like, you know, in, in like on the dollar bill, in God we trust. How about in love we trust? Do you know what I mean? Like you just take the word God out and throw love. It's fascinating you say that because a lot of people that have near-death experiences, when they come back to life, they talk about this like, unconditional love and how they didn't want to leave that it's not like a person it's right. not like a place it's like a feeling of love right it's the same thing i i watch people in churches whether it's evangelicals or it's fucking crazy any crazy church you know southern baptists when people are singing their songs and they're praise jesus christ and lord savior and god god and all this crap and they're feeling that's why they think oh this is god this is yeah. god i'm feeling god. no 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 you're feeling love mm -hmm. that's what it is mm -hmm. I because you, because you're probably lacked love as a child, or yeah. probably because you don't know how to love, mm -hmm. so that feeling is. 
Maybe that's what's you missing. You think from it's art. God, but it's not. Maybe people don't love what they're doing. No, and that's maybe oh, what's a lot missing. Of, from most art. people don't. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like you got to decide. What do you? You know, the question I always ask everybody is, "What do you want to do? What do you want to do?" And then I, the quest, second question is, "What's your plan?" You know, like what do we? And I always tell people, again, you can do the things you want to do in life, and that's great. I, I always tell people, I never tell people what to do, but my advice to you is like. Who wants to do good? I want to be great. Yeah. Steve Jobs used to talk about that all the time. And every time he talked about being great, I was like, I love you. I love you. Because that's all he talked about was like, there is no good. There's only great. You know what's fucked up? I always wanted to be great until I started listening to Ram Dass. And he was, <laughs> <laughs> he's all about not feeding your ego. Yeah. But I'm, now I'm like, I'm conflicted. <laughs> I don't have an ego. I've been told many of times, Chris doesn't have an ego. I'm like, really? That's, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I've been told. Um, no, I just think that, Will, you got to sit there and, and you got to sit there and everybody listening is like, come on, man. This, you only get one shot at this. Yeah. You know, and Tony Robbins, who's one of my heroes. I love him. Yeah. So his so favorite qu- best quote, make your life a masterpiece. Yeah. Mm. Do you want like literally do you want to live this life and just go away and then be like forgotten or be a loser? And yeah, dude, I partied this and did I did this. Like, give us yeah. the fuck. Like that. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, I want to be, like I always tell you, you never, when I was at the clubs in the 80s and 90s and whatever, if I did go to a club or a concert, I never saw Steven Spielberg there. He was busy making movies right. and making greatness. Wow. That's so fucking Do you know what I'm saying? Those, yeah. the people, Martin Scorsese wasn't there. Richard yeah. Avedon wasn't at these places. Right. They, they might have been shooting. They might have been there yeah, shooting. Yeah, they're it. out doing their, what they love. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, most people, I don't know. I just, I've, you know, I've had, I've been blessed because. You know, I didn't have I didn't have a good family that influenced me at all. Actually, they didn't zero for me. But it's all these years I've met some of the most amazing people and had had conversations with writers, directors, producers, musicians, and had conversations with these people. And that's where I got, you know, like I said, I thought I was crazy, like in a bad way. Mm. Then I started meeting people, and then I sit there and you know hang out and photograph. You know, uh, Johnny Lydon, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, spend a day shooting him, and you're like, I'm not so crazy after all. He's crazy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you're like, wow, I feel better about myself. But it's like, do you know what I mean? But it's like, that's the thing for me was was meeting these, all these people, the writers, the directors. I mean, you know, I spent days with James Cameron, and got to. That's how I learned how to direct, just watching him. You know, on sets, on, on, you know, I worked on video sets with Anton Fuqua, David Fincher, Michael Bay, uh, shit, everybody who was anybody at the time. So being around that, I don't want to be around a bunch of fucking losers at a club doing stupid shit. I want to be around those people. I want to be around the great people. I don't want to be around the good people. Yeah. You know, and I've always felt that. And as a photographer, you know, the day I moved to L.A., I always tell people this story. Jack gave me the best advice I live to this day with. He says to me. Amongst all the things he taught me that day was, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's not who you know, it's who you blow. So if you're going to fuck somebody or get fucked by somebody, make sure it's somebody worth fucking. And I said, okay. (laughs) You know, but he said to me the best advice I've lived with to this day, which was, it's not what you shoot, it's who you shoot. Mm -hmm. And I say it all the time. I could have the greatest pictures of a bunch of nobodies Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Or have a bunch of great pictures of a bunch of somebodies. Then you give a fuck. You know what I mean? Love so that. that's important. That's what I'm saying. You got to, again, you set the bars really high. Like I always tell people, when I was 10 years old, my goal was to shoot the cover of Vogue. Not get a picture in the local magazine right. or a picture on a, you know, on a anything. It was like, dude, I want the cover of Vogue. I'm still waiting for that. I got the cover of Harper's Bazaar once, but that's, which was great. 
but I want Vogue someday. I was in Vogue though. They did a thing on me on the website. That's awesome. But but Almost. like that's yeah, it's close. close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to me, I think that's the thing. Like I would say to you is like that's why I tell everybody all the time. All my friends that are in their twenties, and I have lots of friends in their twenties. You know, it's like, dude, have your fun. Okay, got, now let's done. Yeah. It, that's easy. Yeah, fun is easy. That's easy. Fuck that shit though. Yeah. Go big or go home, man. Just I don't have time for it. And the people that, like I said, the the real friends. The real, and I'm dealing with that right now. I'm dealing with, I'm losing a lot of friends right now, kind of cleaning house. Um, the real, my real friends, and there's another word you got to learn in this town, in Los Angeles, we used to always say, um, there's friends, which is usually like two or three people. And then the rest are acquaintances, mm. business acquaintances. I'm learning that. Um, and so it's a, it's a tough one. Like, in the, like I always tell people that my music days, I was shooting music for over 30 years, mm. 30 years of music. I can name three musicians out of 30 years that I would say friends, quote unquote friends, three out of everybody. Does I it show. bother you? Yes. And at the time it did. Yeah. Now it doesn't. Yeah. Now it's kind of glad because I don't want to be around <laughs> those people anyways. But I'm not, I was never that photographer. Some photographers like, you know, hang out with celebrities and do all that. I was never that guy. I was too busy. Yeah. Like, hey, Chris, we're having a party and it's, I can go hang out with some ro- George Clooney and whoever. And you're like, I got work to do. I never wanted to be those people's friends anyways because mm-hmm. I knew it was bullshit and it was temporary and I got work to do. Right. It's work is more important. I was, so I was going to ask you this to kind of wrap it, you know, yep. final questions. Um, feel free to answer this. You've, you've already given a ton of advice, but I was going to ask you if you had any advice for anyone that you wanted to finish out on. Words of wisdom, inspiration, or motivation. Um, what would you What would you say to the people listening? Well, first and foremost, shut the fuck up and do the work. Less talk and more work. Uh, don't sit on Clubhouse all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, or spaces, um, which I'm about to go on Clubhouse. Um, but no, I think the thing is about it's just do the work, man, and 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 go big, man. Like my dream, just to give you an example, when we started Greatest Hits Project. I guess it's been 13 years now. I got to double check, but 13 years ago, my goal was to do, you know, a series of exhibitions around the world, mm-hmm. celebrate my career, my life, and my love and passions for music and photography. My last exhibition I want to do in two years, two years, I got two years to make it happen, is that in Madison Square Garden in New York City. Nobody's ever done that. I'm going to. Not, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to try. It's going to happen. I can't imagine thinking smaller than that. Did that stress you out, setting no, a goal like that? No, no, not at all. Huh. I thrive on that. I like the challenges. Mm. My friends all know that about me. I think I need to set higher goals then. Yeah, like my thing is you set high goals and then like I always say to people, like I dare you to make it happen. Like I dare you to make your life great. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'm, somebody goes there and they'll say to me, like, I dare, and I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Challenge accepted. Like I do. Don't. It's, I was that kid. I don't know when you were a little kid, but I was the kid that we, my friends, we were, we didn't have video games back in my day, right? We were outside doing everything, right? I was that kid that people go, I dare you to jump off the roof. Get the fuck out of my way. I'm jumping off the roof. Like, we just didn't, I don't, I was very competitive, very, played every sport and everything, but like, you just, I don't, I don't just fucking dare me and get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. You know, and so I believe in that. Like, again, I just don't want to do good. I don't want a mediocre life. I want to. Tony Robbins, I want to make my life a masterpiece. I want to be able to leave here knowing, now that I'm older too, it's even more so, like I just want to make sure that I've left something behind in many ways, whether it's the lives. This, I just want to do something that's just fucking unreal, that people will look at my life when on my 100th birthday at an exhibition, looking at my photos of Nirvana and Pearl Jam and this and going, 
you know, I always tell people my dream is to have that retrospective of my work. Yeah. And it's like this stuff and that. Mm -hmm. It's everything. And I just want people to stand in the middle of the, the museum going, this fucker had fun when he was yeah. here. And you're like, yeah, he did. <laughs> if you spend five seconds in your house, like walking through <laughs> your work, you can tell that very quickly. Yeah. So that my advice is just like, you know, do the work. Yeah. It's that simple, man. And like I said, talk is cheap and surround yourself with better people and and um and have a plan. Yeah. So speaking of a plan and speaking of masterpieces, we're getting to the end. Thank you so much. What, what do you doing? what do you got in the works? What do you anything to um, plug? More NFTs. I can't talk about more NFTs. Okay. Hopefully another exhibition in LA one more time. Uh, I'm kind of done with LA. Uh, I, I'm trying I've been really working hard at it's really weird, I can show you, but like I've been really working hard at kind of catalog and organizing my past right now mm -hmm. uh i gotta go to my vault tomorrow so i go to my vault i pull a bunch of stuff out because i've always kept track of everything i'm very anal retentive and organized about everything so i'm just trying to get that all situated because i got this crazy idea for when i do that exhibition in new york city i don't want it to be just photos on the walls okay. you know like most things would be yeah i want to make something that's m more immersive nice like it's like you know, all the laminates and the ticket stubs and the programs. Ah, very cool. Like, make it so it's like, oh, shit. It's like all these yeah. albums and single sleeves and just this this rich history that I yeah, have. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I want it to be that. There very you go. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. This is You're welcome. This is awesome. That was 45 minutes. It was right on time. We're a little <laughs> bit in between your timing and mine. Just a bump in the road, minus setback. I cannot forget that. You see me sell soft, I regret that. I carried the supply like a kid pack. And you ain't have to talk, you just stare back. You already know where my head at. I'm trying to get this bread, Jack. And really, I ain't trying to hear that. It's clear that. The shit a nigga talk about. I really done did that. I really done lived that. What your kids at? You wouldn't want your crib back. Nigga, I can't even sit back without the strap. Nigga, I can't even relax without the pack. It's all on the line, nigga. I can't even fall back. I fell down, but I crawled back. Looking for the money, power, respect, all that. A true hustler, what you call that? Got me feeling like MF Doom on all caps. Put your money on the laws, man, they told y'all wrong. Dewan already sold y'all songs. Records from the heart that was hot like the stove still on. The herd dripping while it closed the lawn. The frozen arm, compliment the golden charms. I make chess moves on facade. I'm so nonchalant. All with the flick of the wrist. Savage triple double steals and assists. It's like I'm running the point. Oscar Robinson puffing his joint with 40s and 4 fives. That's a lot of points. I write crime like Donald Goins, hustle for the coins, breaking down chicken tenderloins. Money make a lot of shit, null and void, life you can't avoid, keep it with me cause I'm paranoid. Big Glock shots make a scary noise, keep it very poised, turn your group of men into scary boys.